0: Preface of The Adventures of Ferdinand, Count Fathom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Ferdinand, Count Fathom, by Tobias Smollett. Chapter One To Doctor Blank. You and I, my good friend, have often deliberated on the difficulty of writing such a dedication as might gratify the self-complacency of a patron, without exposing the author to the ridicule or censure of the public. And I think we generally agreed that the task was altogether impracticable. Indeed, this was one of the few subjects on which we have always thought in the same manner. For, notwithstanding that deference and regard which we mutually pay to each other, certain it is, we have often differed, according to the predominancy of those different passions, which frequently warp the opinion, and perplex the understanding of the most judicious. In dedication, as in poetry, there is no medium, for if any one of the human virtues be omitted, in the enumeration of the patron's good qualities, the whole address is construed into an affront, and the writer has the mortification to find his praise prostituted to very little purpose. On the other hand, should he yield to the transports of gratitude or affection, which is always apt to exaggerate, and produce no more than the genuine effusions of his heart, the world will make no allowance for the warmth of his passion, but ascribe the praise he bestows to interested views and sordid adulation. Sometimes, too, dazzled by the tinsel of a character which he has no opportunity to investigate, he pours forth the homage of his admiration upon some false machinas, whose future conduct gives the lie to his eulogium, and involves him in the shame and confusion of face. Such was the fate of the late ingenious author, the author of the seasons, who was so often put to the blush for the undeserved incense he had offered in the heat of an enthusiastic disposition misled by popular applause that he had resolved to retract, in his last will, all the encomiums which he had thus prematurely bestowed, and stigmatize the unworthy by name, a laudable scheme of poetical justice, the execution of which was fatally prevented by untimely death. Whatever may have been the fate of other dedicators, I, for my own part, sit down to write this address without any apprehension of disgrace or disappointment because I know you are too well convinced of my affection and sincerity to repine at what I shall say, touching your character and conduct. And you will do me the justice to believe that this public distinction is a testimony of my particular friendship and esteem. Not that I am either insensible of your infirmities or disposed to conceal them from the notice of mankind. There are certain foibles which can only be cured by shame and mortification, and whether or not yours be of that species i shall have the comfort to think of my best endeavours were used for your reformation know then i can despise your pride while i honour your integrity and applaud your taste while i am shocked at your ostentation i have known you trifling superficial and obstinate in dispute meanly jealous and awkwardly reserved rash and haughty in your resentments and coarse and lowly in your connections I have blushed at the weakness of your conversation, and trembled at the errors of your conduct. Yet, as I own you possess certain good qualities, which overbalance these defects, and distinguish you on this occasion as a person for whom I have the most perfect attachment and esteem, you have no cause to complain of the indelicacy with which your faults are reprehended. And as they are chiefly the excesses of a sanguine disposition and looseness of thought, Impatient of caution or control, you may thus, stimulated, watch over your own intemperance and infirmity with redoubled vigilance and consideration, and for the future profit by the severity of my reproof. These, however, are not the only motives that induce me to trouble you with this public application. I must not only perform my duty to my friends, but also discharge the debt I owe to my own interest. We live in a censorious age. And an author cannot take too much precaution to anticipate the prejudice, misapprehension, and temerity of malice, ignorance, and presumption. I therefore think it incumbent upon me to give some previous intimation of the plan which I have executed in the subsequent performance, that I may not be condemned upon partial evidence, and to whom can I with more propriety appeal to my explanation than to you, who are so well acquainted with all the sentiments and emotions of my breast. A novel is a large diffused picture, comprehending the characters of life, disposed in different groups, and exhibited in various attitudes, for the purposes of an uniform plan, and general occurrence, to which every individual figure is subservient. But this plan cannot be executed with propriety, probability, or success, without a principal personage to attract the attention, unite the incidents, unwind the clue of the labyrinth, and at last close the scene, by virtue of his own importance. Almost all the heroes of this kind, who have hitherto succeeded on the English stage, are characters of transcendent worth conducted through the vicissitudes of fortune to that goal of happiness which ever ought to be the repose of extraordinary desert. Yet the same principle by which we rejoice at the remuneration of merit will teach us to relish the disgrace and discomfiture of vice which is always an example of extensive use and influence, because it leaves a deep impression of terror upon the minds of those who were not confirmed in the pursuit of morality and virtue, and, while the balance wavers, enables the right scale to preponderate. In the drama, which is more a limited field of invention, the chief personage is often the object of our detestation and abhorrence and we are as well pleased to see the wicked schemes of a Richard blasted, and the perfidy of a mask-well exposed, as to behold a bevel happy, and an Edward victorious. The impulses of fear, which is the most violent and interesting of all the passions, remain longer than any other upon the memory, and for one that is allured to virtue by the contemplation of that peace and happiness which it bestows a hundred are deterred from the practice of vice by that infamy and punishment to which it is liable, from the laws and regulations of mankind. Let me not, therefore, be condemned for having chosen my principal character from the purlieus of treachery and fraud, when I declare my purpose is to set him up as a beacon for the benefit of the unexperienced and unwary, who, from the perusal of these memoirs, may learn to avoid the manifold snares with which they are continually surrounded in the paths of life, while those who hesitate on the brink of iniquity may be terrified from plunging into that irremediable gulf by surveying the deplorable fate of Ferdinand, Count Fathom. That the mind might not be fatigued, nor the imagination disgusted by a succession of vicious objects. I have endeavoured to refresh the attention with occasional incidents of a different nature, and raised up a virtuous character, in opposition to the adventurer, with a view to amuse the fancy, engage the affection, and form a striking contrast which might heighten the expression and give a relief to the moral of the whole. If I have not succeeded in my endeavours to unfold the mysteries of fraud, to instruct the ignorant, and entertain the vacant, if I have failed in my attempts to subject folly to ridicule and vice to indignation, to rouse the spirit of mirth, wake the soul of compassion, and touch the secret springs that move the heart, I have, at least, adorned virtue with honour and applause, branded iniquity with reproach and shame, and carefully avoided every hint or expression which could give umbrage to the most delicate reader, circumstances which, whatever may be my fate with the public, will with you always operate in favour of, dear sir, your very affectionate friend and servant, the author. End of Preface